and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and we have a uh, really great one in store for you today. Because we have the ring announcer du jour, pro wrestling creator, the mind behind No Hook, and what at one time <laughs> part of the creative team at Paradigm Pro Wrestling. Of course, the one and only Jay Rose is back on the show here to tell us all about his brand new promotion that is debuting on April 30th um, up there in Indianapolis, Naptown All Pro. You're having a doubleheader on April 30th, an all-ages show or family-friendly show in the in the afternoon uh, called Wake Up, and a show later that night called Blackout. That is just everything you want from an independent pro wrestling show. Um, just basically people beating on each other. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it's an awesome mix of, of pro wrestling elements there with a focus on community outreach and and community development and um, a heavy focus on addressing uh, gun violence in uh, the areas of Indianapolis where J. Rose has called home for pretty much all of his life. We get into a lot of the, the, the reasoning behind that pairing in the conversation that we have and there's just there's a lot uh, that has gone into Naptown. Uh, both from J. Rose's mind as well as the other people that are there working with him with this promotion. Um, a lot of Indiana names very centering this promotion on Indiana and Indianapolis um, specifically. So great conversation with J. Rose. Cannot wait for you all, all to hear it. Um, before we get there, just a couple of things. Uh, one, caught a prestige show over the weekend five-year anniversary for that company here in the pacific northwest and i have to say that was a really fun show uh headlined by uh, taya valkyrie and uh, athena the former ember moon uh just a really fun main event i'm sure you've seen some of the videos going around of the uh very intricate <laughs> chair structure built up by athena that uh caused one of the more bone-shaking sounds I've ever heard at a live event um, <laughs> person. So, uh, but that, along with Funny Bone and Drexel, Jaden and Nick Wayne, um, pretty much an, everybody on the card. Lindsay Dorado and Alex Shelley, great match. Um, you know, Percy just talked about that show going up on IWTV pretty soon. Definitely one to check out, as well as um, everything that DOA has put up over up on IWTV as well. A lot of Portland indies uh, just having a real go of it in the the months since pro wrestling has returned in this area. It's a whole lot of fun. And some good stuff going up in Washington, too, with Without a Cause and Relentless. So no shortage of fun, entertaining, engrossing pro wrestling going on here in the Pacific Northwest. What was less fun was what happened on Monday on the USA Network on Monday Night Raw. Um, as you're listening to this show, I will have an article up on Outsports, kind of talking a little bit more about this. So if you want like the full spectrum of some of my thoughts around what happened with that double wedding segment and the infamous, or the now infamous, I guess, uh, I don't even know if that's PG line that was used, um, in regards to the portrayal of same-sex couples on, during that segment, 
You can go read that over there, but safe to say, not happy. Not happy. Um, it was a very visceral reaction for me whenever I saw that, because I didn't see the show live. Um, I, I did go back and watch it after I heard the kerfuffle, um, but yeah, just all around really poor uh, use of words in that segment. That honestly, like, granted, it's still two, I assume, cishat people in Tamina and Dana being part of that portrayal on screen, but you still have one of the very rare occurrences where a same-sex couple on WWE programming is at least presented in a non-comical or non-overtly salacious sort of uh, image. And it was enough to pop the crowd. It was enough to pop the, the a lot of people, I think, until that lie from our truth came. And it's just... To even suggest that same-sex or same-gender couples, weddings, marriages um, would not be considered family-friendly just feeds into so many other things that are going on in this country right now. And it was very, very personally frustrating to see that on my TV yet again. So... We just have to keep demanding better. Anyway, more of my thoughts on that are over on Outsports. Um, yeah, but for now, let's let's talk about something positive. Let's talk about something that is amazing for underrepresented communities, the black and queer community, the POC community, especially in Indianapolis. Let's talk to J Rose all about NapTown All Pro. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and I'm very pleased today to have a returning guest, uh, one of the voices that you most likely hear at some of the best independent pro wrestling events, ring announcing, bringing people into the ring in only the way that he can. But we're here today to talk about another project that he has going on. Um, and it's not no hook. So don't ask, don't ask him about no hook right now. <laughs> no, we're talking about Naptown All Pro, who is having their debut doubleheader coming up April 30th. They got Wake Up as well as Blackout on the same day of there in Indianapolis, Indiana. Please welcome back one part of the founding team of Naptown All Pro, Jay Rose. How are you doing today? Uh busy. But happy, extremely happy to be here. I mean, we haven't had the chance to speak that often, but it seems like every time that we have spoken, like you are just coming off of a of a time. You are just have so many different things on your plate all at once. One day I'm gonna learn to just not <laughs> have so many <laughs> things on my plate all at once. But until that day comes, yes. Actually, it's really funny because the last time that we talked, I was in the middle of something, and then like. I stopped taking on big projects. So for a little bit, I was just chilling and then it ramped back up again. So I can't say honestly for a couple months there, I was like, Oh no, I learned my lesson. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't at all. I mean, everybody needs a, time, a little bit of a period to recharge it a little bit. So I can't fault you there, especially like I've noticed myself, like whenever I, whenever I take time off from stuff, I feel myself just kind of like 
either having my mind race with ideas for stuff or like just chomping at the bit to get back to things, which I don't know what that says about me not being able to relax really, but I get, I get the sentiment. Let's put it that way. <laughs> at least I'm not alone. I'm not alone. That, that's, that, that's at least comforting. Yes, for sure. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Naptown, honestly, because this is a very, very exciting project. A little bit overdue, obviously. Previously had the doubleheader scheduled for earlier in the year, but things obviously put things to the side there. But it's coming back April 30th, debut doubleheader. Um, headlined by some, honestly, some really stout matches you've got going on here. You got Brian Keith coming in to face Chase Holiday. You got Chase Holiday and Adriel Noctis. You got Billy Starks on the card, Sandra Moon on the card, Sean Kemp on the card. A lot of mainstays that people who tuned in to your previous uh, project with No Hook would definitely recognize, as well as some uh, some new faces that have definitely been making waves across the country in the independent scene. Talk to me a little bit about how Naptown kind of came together as a project initially for you and, and the rest of the team there. So um, I've said it once and I'll say it again. I never had any sort of like aspirations to run my own promotion. Like I did no hook, I'm very proud of what I did with no hook. And I, ob- I obviously helped out with Paradigm. Like that was my, my time in doing stuff there. I will, I will never regret it. Cause it, it was a very big learning experience and it was very at it the peaks was extremely creative fulfilling creatively fulfilling but uh when i said i'm stepping down from running creative stuff at paradigm in early july of 2021 i was i had no intentions of ever doing anything like that um what ended up happening is that a friend of mine uh who runs trey from we love wrestling luv uh, who's also from indianapolis told me that he had a friend who worked with the organization that was linked with the boys and girls club of Indianapolis and that she's always really curious about wrestling. Right. And a big goal of mine was to always do community outreach and wrestling because wrestling, like when I long story short, I came back from, I had a, I did a year of school in Michigan. I came back uh, to Indianapolis after they raised my tuition, lowered my scholarship, couldn't afford to go. And also I was just depressed. So I probably wouldn't have been back anyways. But I felt like a failure and wrestling legitimately saved my life. And I at least want my whole goal in wrestling is to give people the opportunity to love wrestling as much as I did and I do currently. Uh, so I want to do some sort of community outreach because I've always wanted to do that. And what was supposed to be a half hour meeting turned into a two hour meeting. And it ended with her being like, you should run a show. And I was like, I don't want to run a show. I was like, but the community needs it. I was like, yeah, but if I run a show, that means I would have to run multiple shows if it works. She was like, yeah, you should run multiple shows then. I'm like, I don't want to do that. It's like, but it would be good for the community. So here we are (laughs) (laughs) about two weeks out from uh, the rescheduled first date. Um, And, you know, at times I wake up and I'm like, man, I could be doing literally anything else right now. Instead, I'm doing the thing that I purposely said I would never do again. But, uh, you know, it's it's for if the reasons why I'm doing it is what's keeping me going. If it was just the wrestling after the, after the 5th, uh, February 5th, for sure, it definitely wouldn't be happening again. So 
uh, everybody, everybody would have got refunds and we would have just chalked it up to the game. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's how, that's how it all came about. Just uh, collaborating with the Far East Side Community Council here in Indianapolis and them convincing me that I should at least run one show. And if that works, run multiple shows and benefit for the uh, mostly black, but really just uh, minority community here in Indianapolis. So no, I mean, here we are. A, it's an awesome mission to have there. And, and I think, like you said, I think pairing pro wrestling with community outreach can be a very, very um, like positive thing. I, I feel like uh, we've seen more of it, I think, in, in just recent months, you know, especially in March with, you know, people, uh, organizations like Pro Wrestling Vibe and uh, IWW and GCW, you know, supporting um, the trans organizations in Texas after all of that. Uh, all that whole ordeal started to unfold in that sort of thing. And it really shows that pro wrestling can provide a stage for these sort of social causes in, in a way, which is, I think, one reason why I really enjoy what like you have been talking about regarding Naptown, because it feels like we don't see as much of this as we probably should. Like, do you feel like this is a kind of an emerging trend? I don't want to like, you know, I feel like trend can be a derogatory word at times. But right. No, but I it. get what you're saying for yeah, lack yeah, of a better yeah. term. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think that wrestling in one way, shape or form has always been this. It is. I like to think that wrestling is the world's most accessible art form to where you don't need to know really anything about anybody pure pro wrestling at its purest most like genuine form at from the very get-go has always been a battle of someone that you like someone that you don't like and if there are characters or people that you can invest yourself in you can put yourself in those shoes and feel empowered that's the entirety of what wrestling is supposed to be now that we're reaching out to communities that have long since been ignored it feels like it feels like the opportunity to do more powerful things with the art form are far more readily available. Uh, and now we're able to put, and you know, kind of that kind of had to be brought in kicking and screaming, but now we're able to put uh, what people wanted the cause to be put our money where our mouth is. So, and be able to, whether it be through activity or through, uh, financial resources be able to uplift these marginalized communities or just people in general instead of you know pocketing it all what whatever however however much however little it is pocketing it so you know i i think that's pretty cool now i do know that you know uh there i would be foolish to not bring up the fact that there is monetary gain in being good but if even if it's at its most evil, someone is benefiting from it. And, you know, I would prefer it would be from something that is uh, true and honest from the heart. But if <laughs> if you're able to make a dollar off of, you know, donating to these causes and the causes legitimately get the money, then 
go on, in my eyes at least go on ahead i would wish that it would be something that is uh you know genuine but as long as as long as the right people are eating go ahead and do what you need to do but i and back to the question at hand i it's very what is the word i'm looking for it's encouraging to see how people use the power of pro wrestling to improve the lives of people other than themselves. Yeah, it really is. And now we're seeing it start to kind of bleed out beyond just the promotions themselves. I mean, you have communities like the Transcraps community that you know, they've been raising money for throughout March and, and beyond, really. I think all of their merchandise stuff uh, gets at least a portion of it donated to to trans organizations as well so like it, it really is speaking to this like larger message that i feel like the pro wrestling community as a whole is starting to gather and understand the power that this medium can actually hold when when paired up with doing something for the the greater good so to speak and it's so dope and like the greatest thing about it all is that if it's done right wrestling has the ability to crush all dividers instead of focusing on hating each other if if that is even something that is to be dealt with hate that person in the ring direct all that attention towards them that's the common that's the common ground it's someone who is designed to be the the worst person in the room if we can all agree that somebody is the worst person in the room, then we can start agreeing on other stuff. And I think that's incredibly powerful. It's interesting, actually, that you think about just what you said right there, because it feels like, like, obviously, like, pro wrestling has been characterized as, like, a unifying force in a way. But it's, it's interesting to, like, have that boil down to just, like, the bare, almost like the bare minimum of what a pro wrestling presentation is. Like, you have one heel, you have one bad guy in there to just kind of focus all of that there and you can like pull an entire crowd together and realize that oh there aren't as many differences between us and that's that's genuinely the magic of it all uh when my uh so to speak home promotion that doesn't exist anymore we, we ran uh ran from 2018 to 2019 into like early 2020 it was uh, a potpourri if you will of just every single imaginable human you could think of in attendance. And it didn't matter who you are, or where you came from, or what you do. All that mattered is that I like them, and I hate them, and you like them, and you hate them. So we in this together. So I, it's, I think that's a part of wrestling that gets lost in the, you know, nuance and all the other things that may or may not matter in wrestling is like when you boil it down it's it's a it's a it's a it's i'll say it again it's the last great form of theater to where if no matter what happens we're all a part of what else going on i'm i used to be really in the theater and then my brain got hooked on wrestling and now i'm cracked i don't remember anything but i remember like learning growing up that like in no, the middle ages or whatever that originally audiences were a more interactive part of plays that were going on and it didn't matter how rich or how poor you were this was the entertainment 
and we were all a part of it. It was the it was the common meeting ground for everyone. And the artists were the people who were trying to drive the emotion. The last great, the last great, you know, bastion of that that still draws in all aspects of art, theater, sport, music, all of it, to me, is wrestling. So it's it it's part of the whole thesis statement for NAP to where, you know, we're we're running in. If I, if, you know, I, this is, this may be a little bit rough. So I apologize ahead of time. We're running in a majority black neighborhood. And I know that, and I I'll say this, you know, you don't have to agree, you know, I'm not trying to get you in trouble, but I know <laughs> that at times that uh, black folk aren't the most receptive to other marginalized communities to say, I think that is a very, very delicate way of saying that. But the bet on all of this is that at, you will find common ground in not liking insert wrestling here and in loving insert wrestler here. So then it won't matter. <laughs> That's the big bet. I want to try and bridge these, the gaps of these communities so we can start making real change. Because I know like... I'm I'm talking a whole lot and I would I I, I apologize, but I know that uh <laughs> I know that I a lot of people have to be looking at what we're doing in NAP and being like, how are you going to solve anything by running the wrestling shows? And the wrestling show isn't the end all be all. Like that's not the answer, but it's the ground where the change can be can start to happen. If Two people who can make a change link up at the wrestling show. That means I did my job. If somebody can get out of a uh, a horrible situation by coming to the wrestling show and just letting it all exhale for a second, that means I did my job. And there's more specifics to go to that with the like actual cause that we're trying to reach. But this is the meeting ground for the common man, the last, the blue collar theater, and. I think that a lot of wrestling promotions lose that in trying to accomplish their vision. I don't want to be the hipster promotion. I don't want to just be the black promotion. I do want to be the black promotion, but I don't want to just be the black promotion. Yeah. I want to be the common ground for the common man. I mean, honestly, that's how like these sort of like community movements build really. It's just connecting people. And that's really what it sounds like y'all are trying to do by having wrestling be the gateway to connect people and to bring people in and educate about causes and generate interest in these things so that the work gets done and spreads out from from Naptown really that's that's the goal like if the the goal if the goal was to make money boy you 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 are <laughs> I am I it's not <laughs> this is not the avenue to go towards to make money you know what I'm saying so this is just the pri the primary goal of what I'm trying to do is to influence the changes that I want to see in the community and I don't somebody far smarter than me can come up with a plan to rally the community to create uh, the groups that are needed in order to do the things that need to be done. I ain't that guy, you know what I'm saying? I, I may be college educated, but I and I may be pretty bright, but I'm not that smart. <laughs> so we, we all have our talents. Facts and my <laughs> talent, the thing I know better than anything else in the world is pro wrestling. 
So if I could do my part in pro wrestling and help push the change in the right direction, that means I did all I could do. And if I'm doing all I can do, I could sleep well at night. So there you go. There you go. I do want to delve a little bit more into like some of the cause behind the show. But before we get there, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk a little bit more about Naptown itself, because like just looking at the list of the founders alongside you, it's kind of a, a who's who of the Indiana pro wrestling scene. Um, but I also am curious to ask, like, what lessons from working on No Hook and with Paradigm um, that obviously left you burnt out per our last conversation. <laughs> what lessons did you pull from those projects and that work that kind of informed the process of, of forming Naptown? Um, the biggest thing that I learned from No Hook, which like, you know, I didn't learn too well, but I've, it's part of the reason why I put the team together so I can't do anything, everything on my own. I, and this is to say the paradigm wasn't around the help, but even they would admit that I took on far too much than I should have. I was writing the show. I was editing the show. I was booking the people. I was uh, creating the storylines. I was shipping it out to IWTV. I was putting out the promotional material. I was making all the graphics. You know what I'm saying? I acted in it. You know what I mean? And that killed me. <laughs> like, it, it destroyed me. So the biggest thing that I learned was how to fit was that i need to ask for help i can't i'm not i may be superman but even superman got the justice league i don't even think i'm superman but even superman had the justice league you know what i'm saying so uh that was the biggest thing in a more fun sort of sense it taught me how to structure the stories that i want to tell and i don't think i'm a master at it yet but it was the first sort of opportunity where i could tell a story from beginning to it really a lot of the stories that i wanted to tell kind of didn't end at least not no hook they were supposed to continue on a paradigm and then it didn't happen for one reason or another you know what i'm saying and that's not any shade towards them it just you know that's how wrestling is but uh it taught me how to tell a story from beginning to end from building somebody up to the going through the entire hero's journey in wrestling and how to structure that through matches and through promos and things like that you know and i I was about to mess up because I've I've used to say, assuming that we run another show, right? Or assuming that we make it past the show, we're going to do it. I'm manifesting that. When we make it past this first show, and if, assumingly, we do run more stuff, I know how to structure things in how to get them to work and get people over. So that was the biggest takeaway from it all, to uh, figuring out that I need help and figuring out that... Uh, you know, how to, how to book more or less. <laughs> well, speaking of like making, like recognizing that, that need for help and not putting so much on yourself, you have a great like roster of people that are there right by your side uh, with Naptown. Um, honestly, people like, you know, obviously well-known names, Calvin Takeman, Sean Kemp, Hoodfoot, Mo Atlas, Chase Holiday. Um, all known names um, that are lending themselves to this project alongside you. Um, How did you go about like kind of building out this team? Not necessarily that you built it out, but like, I guess, I don't know, but like, how did this, this, this team kind of come together to, to kind of form Naptown? Like, 
Um, so for to this is the easy answer, but those are all my brothers. Like we uh, all came up together. Obviously, I'm not like you know, I'm not wrestling, but uh, me, Kemp, and Tankman were all we all came from the same place. We're all trained from the same place uh, <laughs> on South Kentucky Avenue, about a mile away from where the Colts play in Indianapolis in a cold black painted garage. Uh, that's where we all cut our teeth. Um, and Chase was the, uh, Chase was trained the black and brave privileged. And, but he <laughs> like, he cut his teeth in the exact same places that we did, especially that same garage on South Kentucky Avenue in Indianapolis, Indiana. And like, those are my, those are my guys. Like Kemp is legitimately my outside of like some people that I've known since elementary school and my, my partner MK, he is my best friend on the planet. So, and he's a second generation wrestler. So he knows what he's talking about. Tankman, uh, he travels the globe. Uh, is about to, I think about to do some overseas stuff. I don't know. You didn't hear that from me, but he should be. If anybody's listening, you should bring him overseas. Uh, he's traveled all across the country about to travel the world to do this wrestling stuff as a, like one of the fastest rising stars in the past two years can't do it without him hoodfoot has experience running a promotion with a uh, flop house which also runs in uh indianapolis so you had to have him and chase is one of the most dedicated and like just nose to the grindstone dudes that i've ever met in my life and i wouldn't want to do this with outside of anyone else but each and every single one of them brings a different sort of experience to running nap and even though it is majority my vision they all have an input of what all they think would work best in order to accomplish the things that we need to accomplish and they're also i'm the only like like feet down in the soil indianapolis native but everyone else is either from the indianapolis area or has lived extensively in the indianapolis area like Hoodfoot's from Chicago, but he's lived in Hallville, which if anybody's from Indianapolis, you know exactly what I'm talking about. From Hallville, uh, almost Garfield Park area in Indianapolis, you know, switching back and forth, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Chase has lived in Greenwood, which is a town just south of Indianapolis for the past, I don't know, like two years, but he's lived on every single side of the city, north, south, east, and west. Uh, Tankman is from Newcastle, which is maybe about 30 minutes east of Indianapolis, but every week he goes into town and he like his like shoot work is in Indianapolis. So and Kemp lives in Fortville, which is a town just north of Indianapolis, but he's come to Indianapolis his entire life because he's had to come and do wrestling shows. We all love this city. This is our home. And if we're all in the same sort of vibes of where it'd be like, what can we do to make our city better? What can we do to create a scene here in Indianapolis? We all share that vision. If we've been talking about it for years, no one of us ever wanted to act upon it. You know what I'm saying? Because we know how much work it would have involved. But this is this is our home. This is our stomping ground. So no one knows Indianapolis better, at least in a wrestling sense, than us. So if no one else is going to do it for our city, we just got to do it for ourselves. I mean, it really feels like, you know, from the team built out, even down to the name Naptown, 
all pro like it feels like this is something that and you i think you said this on twitter before that that this promotion is like you want this to feel as authentic to the city that, that you've called home your entire life and like and this is no shade to anybody else who runs in indianapolis there are many great promotions who've been doing good work for many years flop house has been uh, due to pandemic has been giving a lot of people a chance who otherwise wouldn't be given a shot. Uh, uh, White River Wrestling has been running for years in uh, the north side. Uh, there are other promotions I won't talk about. There's one glaring omission, and uh, it, it, was, it was home, you know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Indiana City Brewery. But there have been other promotions who have run Indianapolis, and they've all brought their own flavor, but none of them have felt like the Indianapolis that I know, because a lot of it, with the exception of a few, are run by people who aren't really indoctrined into the like side of the city that I know. Like there's an Indianapolis that's full of craft breweries and uh, nightlife scene and uh, all that sort of stuff that you would find in any other up and coming mid um, mid market level city. You know what I'm saying? But the Indianapolis that I know has culture and history you know what i'm saying and no one seems to be wanting to tap into that side which is fine you know it, they're doing successful enough for themselves already so it's not like it was it was in a, a deep deep need you know what i'm saying but it was a need for me to try and you know make this as indianapolis as possible you know what i'm saying which is a big reason why uh we, if you remember originally when we were doing NAP and we were announcing stuff, we didn't announce anything about the location or the event until like three and a half weeks out because it was extremely important to me to put the wrestling in the communities that I think that need it most. Everybody can run in a brewery or on the north side of town, you know what I'm saying? But it, you got to work to try and find a venue on the east side, which is where I'm from, which is, you know not and we're the venue is not in the thick of it but it's right off like the worst part of town you know what i'm saying you, if you're coming there's no need to worry i promise <laughs> yeah. it's okay it's gonna be safe but it's it's close enough to you know the communities that need it to make a difference if i ran this show up in a venue that's more convenient you know what i mean it's not gonna hit the people that it needs to hit people may show up and have a good time but it's not gonna be what it needs to be and it's also not going to be authentic to the indianapolis that i know to the indianapolis that you know the me and hoodfoot and tankman know maybe not so much chase and camp because you know they're they're camp is up on uh north kind of in the country area and chase is he's working too much to really experience all the indianapolis has to offer until recently but it's the indianapolis that me hoodfoot and tankman know so if we can try and deliver an experience that is uh, adequate to the Indianapolis that we grew up with and we, that we know, that means that we did what we were supposed to do. Are there any specific elements of that Indianapolis that you know that you wanted to emulate with with NAP? Uh, there's something in Indianapolis called uh, Indiana Black Expo. It's ran every year. And when I was a kid, it was a big, big deal. You like... Uh, I'm not going to go in depth on it on this podcast because I could ramble on and on and on about it. But in, on some other stuff, uh, I know I'm going to be doing something in, uh, something uh, for Indianapolis media, whether it be wrestling related or not. But I 
Indiana Black Expo was used to be a big deal when I was a kid. Uh, people would go out and buy outfits to go and do Indiana Black Expo. And thousands upon thousands of people would come in, you know, have this. It was like a, a seminars, um, conferences, exposition hall with a ton of vendors and a ton of businesses. And then like uh, a couple corporations would come through. Like one year, the NBA and Sprite came through. Another year, Cartoon Network came through. And uh, it was a ginormous deal. And because the, if I, and I will be truthful, because the city wants to appeal to uh, white millennials, they have almost systematically crushed the impact that Black Expo has on the community. And that's the Indianapolis that I grew up on. I grew up on uh, 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 car swap meets and um, after school programs where other after school programs would come and meet up. You know what I'm saying? I've done almost every Black-centric after-school program that you could possibly do in <laughs> Indianapolis growing up. Uh, and that's the Indianapolis that I grew up on. So I wanted, I wanted to feel like how if Black Expo ran a, ran a wrestling show. If Black Expo ran a wrestling show and it was a little more career-friendly, that's what I want now to be. Uh, like um, You're going to old Colts games when uh, they've once again, something that they've systematically stripped down to trying to appease to the people that are trying to bring into the city. But uh, I used to go to uh, Colts preseason games as a little kid. In regular season games, sometimes, like if once in a blue moon, but those are crazy expensive because, you know, Peyton Manning is God. But those preseason games used to be uh, what we call um, back in the day, used to be crunk as hell. Mm-hmm. I used to have like all sorts of manner of, Tom foolery going on. That's what I want Nap to feel like. I want Nap to feel like those events that I used to go to when I was a kid, where it felt like a giant party with the excuse of something else happening around it. That's what I want Nap to feel like. Is that one of the reasons why that you've paired the, specifically the wake up event with like a, a community fair sort of uh, thing as well? Absolutely. And like, and this is full disclosure, you know what I'm saying? I've, uh, I've, uh, it's been kind of a struggle to get people to believe in the vision. Cause I, it's, it's all about restoring the feeling. Right. Mm. But a lot of people don't get it, so to speak. So I'm, I, it's been a struggle to try and get people to understand, Hey, like this is not just a wrestling show. It's a community event. And if the community is going to show up for this event, <laughs> at bare minimum, if you're a vendor, you can profit off of this. <laughs> and it's been very difficult to get people to understand, like, no, like, because also, like, vendor tables, I know how much other people at other shows are charging for vendor tables uh, in and out of wrestling. And our vendor tables are, like, pennies on the dollar. I just want people to show up. And convincing people to show up has been a struggle. But that's exactly the reason why I want to do it, to give off that feeling of Black Expo and old Colts games and whenever the Final Four would be in town. That's one thing that has never lost the feeling. When the Final Four, uh, the basketball tournament comes to town, mm-hmm. it's it's felt the same in my entire life. So, but that's that's what I want. I want. I want wrestling to be the conduit for Indianapolis to feel like a community again and not just a pit stop for people who are trying to make their way in the fortune 500 companies. Hmm. No, I think that that's a, 
a very very respectable goal i i feel like you know especially whenever as more and more of these cities through like gentrification and, and a focus on on other populations start to kind of lose like honestly lose their like character and like sense of self in a way like it's it's important to kind of invoke those those things from the past and to keep those spirits alive that really speak to the what the actual like city itself no i think that's an awesome right. idea yeah Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm trying my best. <laughs> that's all we can ask of you, J Rose. And that's that's all I can give you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk a little bit about the the cause for for this show. Um, obviously, like you've been very uh, open about how uh, this double header on April 30th is definitely uh, focused on curbing gun violence. Um, in, in Indianapolis youth. Um, talk to me a bit about like the, any personal significance or importance that that cause has for you and, and how that kind of came as what you wanted to focus on, if not for like just this first Naptown event or, or beyond. So um, because of the way that the city has been handled, the state too, but you know, I I like Indianapolis. I love I love Indianapolis. I like Indiana, you know. But uh, the way that the city has sort of evolved has led to pockets of the city, like any other growing city, to be neglected. And one of the biggest regions that has been neglected is the East Side. Far East Side, to be exact. That's where I'm from. I'm a graduate of Warren Central High School, 2015, pride of the East Side. Uh, and by all of this neglect and uh, in response, there's been a large increase in crime. And at first, there was a large increase in uh, police. And that didn't really work. <laughs> so they kind of just left it for dead uh there uh a lot of people on twitter like to talk to me about like their dying mall right and i i love malls i think shopping malls uh capitalism sucks but shopping malls you know if, if we're gonna tolerate capitalism shopping malls rule but <laughs> <laughs> um there is no mall that I've ever seen that is dying as hard as the one that is on east on, is on the east side. And if you're from Indianapolis, you know what I'm talking about Washington Square. And because there's you have all these different factors to where there is a, a lack of uh, a lack of jobs, uh, food deserts, uh, things of that regard, property value has gone down, crime has gone up, and over the past couple of years. Uh, murder has come up and uh indianapolis has become like i i had the statistics uh, i don't have it on me right now i could look i would look through my notes but that would take far too much time i believe indianapolis is now top 15 in terms of uh, murder per capita mm. which is and for the past i believe five out of the past six or or six out of the past seven years we have uh, broken the murder record. It keeps going up every single year. And the worst part of town 
is uh, 42nd and Post. Now, I live out, uh, I live off of Post Road, but where I live, uh, five minutes one direction, you're in the hood, five minutes the other direction, it's cornfield country, right? <laughs> uh, so I'm on the border of it, right? But there are a lot of people who I grow, have grown up with who have to deal with living in these conditions. A lot of my friends, uh, a lot of people that I'm very close to. And I couldn't, is, during the hiatus from Paradigm, I started taking a, I was like, I want to do more with the city because I'm always traveling and stuff. And I realized how truly awful this has become. And once again, I don't know much about nothing, but I do know a lot about wrestling. So that was the big, that's the big gamble. I want to, the entire thesis statement for NAP is if I can, there's nothing to do in Indianapolis. And if there's, if you give these kids, which are the kids that are a lot of the people who have been affected by this ages, like. 16 to 25 people who look and sound and live just like me are the people who are dying and i know as somebody who grew up in the community there's nothing to do and idle hands are the devil idle hands are the devil's workshop so if you give kids something to do that isn't a government-led program or something that is led by specifically a non-for-profit, you know what I'm saying, which is nothing wrong with that, or something that's run by a church, something that's uncensored that will allow them to be who they want to be to their fullest capability, you will be able to keep them off the streets. If you keep them off the streets, in theory, you'll cut down on the, the amount of violent crime that's happening, which is part of the reason why we're having a community fair and why we have all these other organizations that are showing up so then uh, if you show up for the wrestling show, in theory, you'll be able to have access to talk to somebody who could potentially change your life. Uh, this is full disclosure. It's going to get a little heavy. So I apologize ahead of time. When the show got uh, canceled on the original plan for the doubleheader on February 5th because of the snowstorm, I did not want to reschedule it because it was a lot of work. I knew that we would lose a lot of the talent that we have because we would have to get it in before the school year ended, or we'd have to wait until the school year starts up. But when the school year starts up again, you know, it's a whole different thing dealing with these schools. You got to have, they're more willing, schools, community organizations are more willing to do things heading into the summer than heading out of the summer. So I was like, what's even the point? Let's just refund the money and not even do this anymore. And the day literally the day i was like yeah i think i've made up my mind we're not gonna do this again uh one of my best friends from high school uh was outside of a nightclub he got shot and died hmm. and uh it was like i can't can't stop now can i <laughs> you know uh it's real real heavy so um, her name was Sequoia. Uh, we talked literally every day and like, you know, because I'm busy and uh, she, she, you know, she had her own life. We didn't talk like super often, but I would always like once every like <laughs> three to six months, we would see each other in public and give each other a big old hug and like try and catch up. And, but she was like, she's one of the reasons why I made it through high school. And 
uh, she was shot in a act of rage outside of a nightclub and um, she leaves behind a, a, a baby boy and I can't sit and say that I didn't try and do anything you know I have to at least attempt to be like I tried to do something so a lot of the reason why I'm doing all this is not only for my community not only to try and save these kids that you know growing up the same as me honestly growing up in worse situations with me than me but uh the 30th is really in honor of my fallen friend and uh, i'm sorry i got real sad on this but it's it's a real motivating factor to why i do to why i'm like there are there are days where i'm like dog i can't do this today and i remember i remember her face and i remember her voice and it's like well let's get to it <laughs> you know so i i want to be able to make the change that you know can prevent somebody from going through the same fate that she did no, I mean, you, you you have no reason to apologize. I, I feel like, you know, like, I mean, that's a very, very, like, affecting event in your life. And, you know, obviously, stuff like that can definitely cause a lot of trauma and emotion. And it's, <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. No, it's it's because, like, so many of my classmates have been shot and killed. It's it's yeah. honestly insane like the the way the i know i'm speaking about it like it's so flippantly but it's like people are once every couple months someone is either dying or going to jail or it's but unfortunately it's the former you know about the prison system but at least you're still alive fight another day but like this one this one hit way too close to home so i gotta fight i gotta fight i gotta fight with my hardest and uh if i can change one of these kids lives if i could change one of these young adults lives somebody who looks like me who acts like me who lives the same sort of life who walks the same sort of streets that i do i did what i set out to do we could lose our fucking ass which i would prefer <laughs> that we don't lose our ass <laughs> but we could lose our ass on this show i could i could max out a shit ton of credit cards trying to pay for this and doing all this other stuff. But as long as somebody comes out of it with their lives improved, I'm happy. I'd be happier if I didn't lose my ass, but I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, yes. But no, I mean, like I said, like, I think that's a very affecting and can definitely be a, a huge source of uh, motivation to, to see the, a project like this through, you know, especially coming off of everything that happened around the cancellation previously. You know, so I, my heart goes out to you. All right, Yens, thank you so much for tuning into LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black designed by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. 
You can find them on Twitter at stswband, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. One thing that I did find interesting, again, about kind of some of the, the structuring around this and part of the community outreach stuff there as well, is the your use of this sponsor ticket uh, thing as well to kind of like bring more of, of that youth community that you're trying to speak to and trying to, to bring together and and bring them to the show and give them an avenue into like seeing what seeing the show and having and, and being able to speak with these organizations and find alternative avenues. Um, I'm, I'm curious, like, where did that idea come from for you? Well, it's funny that you bring this up because uh, that I, I wish I could take credit for that idea because it is genuinely, genuinely brilliant. But uh, that is the idea the brainchild of one uh, uh, lovely Laveau on Twitter. Ooh, oh, about to fall. Hold on. Uh, they actually came up with that uh, a, a while ago. Uh, also, get Mother DeVoe's wristbands and uh, beads go. and uh, adornments and things like that. If you don't, you're lame. Um, <laughs> they were like, because we talked about how do you get how do you get black people to wrestling shows? Because they're not going to go on their own, right? Once they're there, they're going to love it. But you have to get them there. And they were like, what if you did sponsor, sponsor seat, sponsor ticket, and you would give it out to like community organizations, schools, church groups, and be like, hey, come to the show, free of charge. You don't have to worry about anything. Just show up. As long as you show up, you get in. And then we thought about it. It's like, well, if we did that, you know, the seats would fill up too much, right? So sponsor seat came in. If somebody's willing to sponsor a seat for a child, we can give that ticket to a child. And there's no uh like sponsor seat for these kids are actually like because the what the math that we're doing i'm not going to get into it right now like we'll get into it after the fact you know what i'm saying but uh it's the way that we have it divvied up it's cheaper than somebody else buying a ticket on their own you know what i'm saying so we're we're not making as much money so it's the bare minimum of what we could do in order to keep making money and stay stagnant i know the pricing is like that's the same as a general admission ticket but the way that we have it divvied up with all the other stuff that we're doing it's the bare minimum of what we would have to make in order to 
at least come comfortable with giving away these tickets. So I would love to see it adopted. I will say that if we do this in the future, I wouldn't want to do it on every show because I, I feel like that would be, people would start getting aggressive. Like I know how people on the internet are. Like if somebody would be somebody to say something to the regards of, Oh, well, if you're just going to give away blah, 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 you know, you're not really even selling tickets. It's just a charity cause at that point. I, I see it on the horizon. So I'm not going to be doing it on every single show, but it's important to me to try and create the relationship between the communities that need it and wrestling. And if I can give people tickets to a slightly low financial risk, then I'm going to do it that way. But that is 110% Lovely Laveau's idea. And if anyone says any differently, I didn't hear it from anybody else. So, and I was the, from one of the first people to start talking about it. So, if anybody wants to take credit for that idea, you know, more power to you. But I heard it from Lovely Laveau, and we've been talking about it for months. And I, for all the people who are saying it, it's brilliant. You know, I appreciate it. That's all her. <laughs> No, I, I like I said, I think it's a great idea, honestly, and, and especially for not just like, you know, giving the opportunity for people to come, but having that chance for them to generate interest to keep coming back and to find something right. that they can that they can really engross themselves in in that way. Um, in the same fashion, I, I I'm curious to ask you about the structure of this doubleheader as well. Obviously, you have wake up, which is the more like family friendly presentation during the day. And then you have blackout, mm-hmm. which on the website just blanket uncensored pro wrestling, which I love the I love the characterization between the two, even down to like the differences in the graphics and everything is just it's spot on. I'm where did the thought process for like splitting up these events in that way come from for you? Uh, so. I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to run a doubleheader. I know how much stress <laughs> it is to run a single wrestling show. I was abhorrently against running a doubleheader. Uh, Layla Durden from the Far East Side Community Council was the person who suggested it. And they were like, I will give you my all if you're willing to do it like this. And I was like, okay, I guess. So, uh, but the way that it's structured is that in the morning, you could bring a child of any age. It will be, you could do whatever, like, it will be, it will be violent, like, because it's wrestling, but there won't be any blood, there won't be any cursing, you know what I'm saying, everything will be tame. And the night, you know, there won't be any, like, nudity or, like, people doing anything egregious, but there's going to be cussing, there's going to be bleeding, you know what I'm saying, but, you know, there's not going to be anything egregious or, like, immoral, abhorrent going on, but I, we're not holding back this time, you know what I'm saying, it's, it's going to, it is what it is, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but on the morning, you know, bring whoever you want. I would like to equate it to uh, the morning show is like a episode of 1993, uh, WWF superstars, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of characters, a lot of, the wrestling will be, you know, depending on how you feel, either better or worse, you know, <laughs> depending on how you feel about, you know, the new generation of WWF. But uh, and then the night show will be like a 2003 episode of SmackDown, you know, with taking down just a couple of notches, you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna, you know, there's nothing gonna be anything like Don Marie having sex with Al Wilson to the point where he dies. We're not doing that, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, it will be 
far more mature and it will be it, it'll be it'll be on it, that's i i put it the exact way that i put it for a reason it will be uncensored so whatever it will it won't be any more violent or uh, egregious for lack of a better term than you know and an action movie it won't be any worse than something that you would see in fast and furious i guarantee it it's gonna be cursing it's gonna be bleeding but your kids if you're like a preteen at the lowest you know what i'm saying preteen or even like a you know not eight nine year old if they watch action movies nothing that they see on the show is going to surprise them okay <laughs> i guarantee it yeah it just kind of feels like that the night show is kind of like what we expect from an indie wrestling show in a way and the morning show yes. is just kind of like a squeaky clean version of it right absolutely you 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 hit the nail on the head uh i didn't want to alienate anybody i'm glad that we did it in this way in some respects but if it were up to me i still would not be running two shows in one day that does not <laughs> sound like a fun time for me and uh, honestly I I, I I i lay awake at night thinking about damn how are we the hell are we gonna pull this off we are so you should buy your tickets but uh, uh it's it's gonna be an experience I, i'll tell you that for sure uh, definitely seems uh, like it. Yeah. The the other thing is that we wanted the two shows to connect, which is uh, why we did the uh, triangle contingency, which is uh, a concept that myself and uh, Chase Holiday came up with. And it's I won't say it's like revolutionary because it's just a bunch of matches, but it's a an innovative sort of thing. You know what I'm saying? To where it's three triple threats in the morning. And the three winners of the triple threats will go on and make a team to face a challenge in the evening show. So it's a test of mind, body, and heart. How, uh, how hard are you willing to push yourself in the morning to make sure you get an opportunity at the night? But if you're, you know, jacked up in the night show, there's genuinely no reason, you know, why would, if you go too hard in the morning, you won't be effective in the night. So I, uh, I'm really, really, really excited to see what all uh, the, the wrestlers, the performers, you know, apply themselves with this concept. No, I'm excited to see the show as well. Like, I, I, it just feels like it's going to be a, a really fun time there in the city. And, you know, I'm kind of bummed that I'm not going to not going to be there. It just feels like it just seems like it'll be a really raucous time. Well. Uh, a little bit of breaking news for you. I'm not, uh -huh. it's not 100% confirmed, but we are diligently working to try and get it streamed. So uh, I'm not secure yet. So if you're like, oh, if you're streaming it, I'm going to buy a ticket. No, no, no. Because <laughs> you, <may, laughs> you may make that assumption and we may not be able to do it. But um, we are working our hardest to try and make sure that it gets streamed it may happen may not the only way for sure that you could see it until it'll obviously be recorded you know what i'm saying we're not it's not going to happen in a vacuum but the only way that you can make sure that you see it that day is to show up no but I, for those of you who can't make it and they're far away yeah you know, <laughs> we're we're trying our hardest no, I was I was going to ask if there's going to be a streaming element. So that that's good to hear. I hope everything works out that way. But yes, for sure, buy your tickets. It's just like that. The the environment does not like the watching it at home does not do the environment that I feel like this is going to have justice. 
I'm trying my hardest to make this as fire as possible. If you if you are looking for a wrestling experience unlike anything else you've ever seen before, I ain't saying that this is going to be it, but damn it, we're going to try. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to, to Naptown, obviously, but I also, while I have you here, I have to ask you about Dallas because you were down okay. there for the collective. You were down there mm-hmm. for, for another big gay brunch, but what I want to ask you about specifically for the culture okay. hoodfoot billy dixon obviously you're very close with, with hoodfoot um and you know i don't necessarily know your, your relationship with billy but you know billy has become a a mainstay in independent pro wrestling and has had a long-standing issue with hoodfoot leading into that match add in the historical nature of it being the first all-black death match um, and you being the ring announcer for that match and, and being there in the building, like what were what was your experience like kind of watching all of that unfold? So here's something that people forget. And like I I know I'm like my brain is mush because of that because I was trying to make an MV like I, you know, I'm known to do and I couldn't do it in time. But I put that together. That started at Paradigm in May of 2021. Yes. And like uh, the twists and turns of how we simply could not make that match happen have been uh, at one time beating my psyche's ass. So, uh, you know, what does not, what can you do? But I think Billy is one of the most brilliant people in all of independent wrestling. I've told him this to his face. He vehemently denies it, but I know it to be truth. And Hoodfoot is one of my brothers, somebody who I've traveled the roads with, broke bread with, cried together, man. That's that's my guy. And to have, see them have that moment was incredible. To be able to like, even, you know, they had the match, but be able to share the ring with them for that moment was, was that was special. I, I was, it's something that I've, uh, I won't ever forget. Um, I know they won't either. It's it's something that they were trying to fight to get all this time because even in the case where we were going to run it at Paradigm, they wanted to run that match at For the Culture in a death match in the main event. And they fought and they fought and they fought and they built their names and then eventually they got it. So uh, kudos to them to be able to, you know, be able to have that honor. Uh it's just one of those things I sit back and I smile. It's just really, really, really cool. I'm, I mean, yeah, like, I, I don't even know what a, what a response would be to that. Cause like, you know, I think it is, I think some people do forget that like, that was a thing that started in paradigm, traveled to fight club, traveled to multiple places. It feels like before ultimately landing it for the culture and, and, resulting in what honestly i mean both of those dudes are already like stars but a star making performance for both of them um in that match um yeah it was just it, it's funny how these paths weave sometimes to ultimately oh, still land at the resolution 
I wouldn't, uh, I was about to say, I wouldn't have it any other way. I would, I'm lying. I wish it were easier, but uh, to to get the term off my chest, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, everything, I won't say everything happens for a reason, but a lot of stuff happens for a reason. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy that we, they were able to accomplish that. They, they deserve every single ounce of praise they get. Mm. Was there any other uh, moment from being down in Dallas during many a week that that stood out to you as like personally significant or was it just like a let loose and have fun sort of environment for you? Uh, Wale Mania was incredibly, incredibly cool. I worked it. I wasn't like an invited guest, but uh, that's still cool. It, <laughs> it, no, 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 no. I, I'm not. Don't get it twisted. I'm not. <laughs> I, I loved it uh, to be able to, you know rub elbows and talk to some of the biggest you know majority black but some of the biggest uh members of the wrestling community is was kind of crazy and to like you know meet up with people that I came up with and you know share that moment with them because like you know Lee Moriarty is my guy that's that's been my dude since like 2019 that that is my guy before before he blew up before anybody you know gave a damn about the best wrestler in north america or whatever that was my guy uh share that moment with daniel garcia to share that moment with top fight all these share that moment with tank you know what i'm saying all these people that i came up with uh to be like damn yeah i mean we didn't make it but like you know i didn't make it you know they're on tv you know what I'm saying? You know, but to be like, damn, we are really in this motherfucker. That's crazy. That was really cool. Uh, to be able to do another, uh, do another big gay brunch. That was really cool. Um, I, it's, it's some of the most fun that I have hosting because it's, I'm, I'm me all the time, but it's able to allow myself to be able to express another portion of myself that I'm not usually able to. Or I don't, I, it usually isn't as highlighted as much. And that's, I love that. I love, and that locker room is one of the greatest locker rooms every single time I step foot in it. Uh, and it was also good to have it happen at a WrestleMania weekend. Cause you know, I was supposed to do the first WrestleMania weekend, got canceled. I did the one at Indy. I did the 24 hour one. I didn't do last year's. I did the Chicago one and now did the mania one. So uh, that was pretty cool. Dancing with a, uh, dancing in the main event that was really fun too i that that may have been the highlight of the weekend for me and then closing everything out with black label pro which now makes it the third time i've closed out one of these uh gcw collective weekends and sent everybody home that was really cool that's a record you know i'm not it doesn't really mean anything to anybody over than me somebody said oh that means your price is going up right nobody gives a fuck <laughs> I <ain't kids. laughs> Nobody cares. It's cool to me to be able to be like uh, closed out Paradigm Collective 2020, closed out the uh, Chicago uh, uh, Windy Second City Summit. That's what it's called. Closed out the Second City Summit with Big Gay Brunch. And I closed out uh, this year's collective with uh, Black Label. Now that's I don't know why that's a really cool statistic to me. Uh, had Whataburger for the first time. It was okay. Their breakfast <laughs> was really good, but you know. Yeah. Uh, and I had street tacos almost every day. So I think it was a, I think it was a victory. Uh, good, good little trip. I'm really excited for next year though. 
That's the one I'm looking forward to. Okay. Right, California. Mm-hmm. That's the one. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, as soon as I get the money, I'm buying that ticket immediately. Because all, all I'm going to do is spend time with my partner, ring announce, and go spend more time with my partner. That's a vacation for me. I'm so ready. I, you have no idea how mad I was when they announced that Dallas was going to be this year. Because it was supposed to be L.A. Yeah. Cowards. Idiots. Fools. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm very, 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 very much looking forward to um, next year. But this year was cool. It was... I don't, I, it wasn't my favorite. My favorite was the first one I went to as a fan, which was 2018 in New Orleans. Uh, but it was better than the one in New York, New Jersey. That one wore me ragged, but it got me to where I am today. But damn, uh, uh, that, was, that, that was not a fun time. Yeah, I don't, I mean, obviously there are like good things that came out of that New York, New Jersey one, but there's so many just like, struggles <laughs> that still persist coming out of that that whole uh that whole weekend i don't blame you at all i'm looking forward to la as well i mean like i i don't know there's just something about like having it on my coast that finally i can get to one of these things and just experience it first time i've never been to a wrestlemania weekend I've been to WrestleMania, but it predates the WrestleMania weekend, like giant. What year? What, uh, which one do you go to? I went to 27 when I was living in Atlanta. Okay. So it's like right before the weekend started blowing up. Cause there were shows, but it wasn't like how it is now. Exactly. I think ring of, Honor, that was like the first year the ring of honor ran the same city. As they, have been run, they have been running for a little bit, but like not to the extent of like what they do now. It's like Ring of Honor and then the best wrestling company of all time, Dragon Gate USA. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember if Dragon Gate ran that Atlanta media or not. I don't know. I have to go back and look. I, I think they did, but I, I may be wrong. I'm a big Dragon Gate guy, so if you if you let me think a le- if you let me think enough, I can tell you exactly what was on that card. I love <laughs> my this is this is off the point of everything, but next year for uh big gay brunch, more than anything, my biggest thing on my wish list is to ring announce Yosuke Santa Maria. They are my one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. <laughs> I love them so much. That's my, for anybody who's listening and they want to help me accomplish my dreams, that is almost at the very tippy top of my reasonable wrestling bucket list. I want Yosuke Santa Maria. They are, I, I, my words cannot express how much I love them. (laughs) I'm with you, Effie. Make it happen. Please. Yes. Um, well, as we start to wind down here a little bit, uh, J Rose, there was one other mm-hmm. thing that you know bore out from some stuff that happened today as we're talking that I wanted to talk to you about because there are reports that there is a new remaster of Crazy Taxi coming, and I could not help but see the excitement that emanated from you on Twitter at this news, and it got me to thinking about some of the increased like bleed over between video games and pro wrestling that we've been seeing recently like obviously it's always kind of been been there um in a way 
I mean, dating back to like pro wrestling games on the NES, but it seems like more and more like there's just a, a really fun way that it's being implemented now, whether it be, you know, the crazy taxi inspired graphics that are being used for the Cassandra Cup this year with pro wrestling vibe. Killian just channeling as much uh, Shadow the Hedgehog as he can into himself. Um, I'm, I'm curious, one, talk to me about the love that you have for Crazy Taxi, first off. And then we'll get into like the larger like cultural topic there. But talk to me about Crazy Taxi to start off with. You see this? <laughs> Hell yeah. This is a Dreamcast controller. I am uh, fucking with you. <laughs> like i won't call it the greatest console of all time but it is it is the most important console of all time and uh it is the first video game console i believe i ever played if i remember correctly it was either a playstation or this but i this is the first one i remember playing it was like nfl 2k with my big cousin and uh i have been a sonic sega fan ever since I don't know what it is about them, but they the games that they make just speak to me. Uh, and one of such game is Crazy Taxi. I love Crazy Taxi. There's something about the Sega arcade game that is yet to be like touched by anybody else. It is literally on like it's it cannot be topped. It is a top tier gaming experience, and it like. I know a lot of people say that Simpsons Road Rage and Simpsons Hit and Run are uh, are the um, like way better than the other, but like nothing is like this. I have it on my phone. I love this game. Like this is this this is the pinnacle. This is the peak of gaming experience. But you know what's even crazy? That's not even the game I was most excited about. It's my favorite game of all time jet set radio uh, technically my favorite game of all time is jet set radio future but mm. that is i can't i can't tell you how many times i've played that game and i've been begging pleading when i was a little kid not a little kid but then i was much younger i was like a 10 11 maybe even 12 i wrote a letter to sega asking them like hand wrote a letter to sega asking them to make jet set radio three never got anything back from them but it's okay because they knew like i also did have the spiritual successor coming out called bomb rush cyberfunk which like you know i'm gonna play the shit out of that too but i wanted a new jet set radio for so fucking long like they'll remaster and they'll re-release crazy taxi right and they'll like update it and give it like uh fresh coat of paint they won't touch that jet set radio ip and they're such an inept company they're so bad they're so bad (laughs) i love them so much they're so bad they're they are genuinely atrocious but this month they got the sonic roblox thing which like has perfect sonic physics which is crazy a sonic movie beat out a marvel movie at the box office and now they're going to remake two of my favorite games of all time. I can't lose. I can't <laughs> lose. All my self-doubt has washed away. If the most inept company in the world can make good decisions, there's no way I can lose. There's no way I can lose. None. 
None. All victories for the rest of 2022. There's no way I can lose. I'm so I, what words cannot express how excited and happy I am. Like I, for those of you listening to the audio only version of the podcast, I'm cheesing right now. This is <laughs> I this made my ear. <laughs> this is like, and if you've never played either either or, Crazy Taxi is available to be played on I think iOS and Android, but speci- I know for sure on iOS and it's free. You should go play it right now. It is a perfect arcade game cannot be touched cannot be taught I mean, you never played jet set radio i would advise you play jet set radio future but you can only really play that emulated on the original xbox copies of those are really cheap like you can get a copy of that for like three dollars but you can buy jet set radio on steam on the playstation store on xbox live i think it's part of uh, xbox game pass please 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 play these games they're so good. I dig- I'm rambling now. You, I digress. No, <laughs> you are totally fine. Like, because I, I, I second all those opinions. Like, I love both of those games. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm, I'm older than older than you, and so like for cra- Crazy Taxi for me has like a just like a one specific corner in my brain of like remembering going into like arcades in the mall and having that cabinet in there. And all you hear is just the soundtrack blaring from it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Oh get, my give God. me that offspring. <laughs> just bore it into my brain. It's a, it's stuck there. It's... Anytime I hear that song, I'm like, oh, okay. I know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so, so good. If Cassandra Cup doesn't start off with somebody going, hey, 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 come on down and watch the Cassandra Cup. Did we? What are we doing here? We all failed. The event is a failure if we don't have somebody doing that voice. <laughs> oh, I'm knowing Billy's creative mind. I would hope that that's there. But I'll yes. do it if okay. he doesn't want me. If he doesn't have anybody do it, I'll step in the booth and do it. It just needs to be done. <laughs> no, but that that bringing that up though, that does speak to like the like the other question i had for you like it's just interesting to see like more and more of like of this sort of marrying between the two that we've seen especially in terms of like characterization and in a way right you know it's always it's always been around like it's it's all video games not so much because i believe it is firmly overtaking wrestling but it's all like niche interests and communities you know what i'm saying so like i it, it makes sense and to me at least that like it's become this sort of prevalent thing to where like even at the top of the industry like the new day has a ton of like video game inspired gear and that sort of thing it was it was never a matter of if it's just a matter of when and as the generations grew and grew and they uh, became more familiar and like growing up with video games it was only a matter of time so uh i'm very curious to see what the next step of it is going to be like i i I may be wrong but i think like uh xavier woods austin creed has his own gaming studio and Mm. they're working on projects right now and on the flip side of that people who grew up playing wrestling video games uh shouts out to my boys at deadlock skew now they're running their own wrestling promotions so it's it's a nice little give and take of it all and uh 
I, I honestly don't know what all is going to be next, but I do know whenever it happens, I, uh, I, I need to be a part of it. I will say that, uh, the, if I was going to explain nap to anyone, uh, I would say it's like NBA street V2, the wrestling show, <laughs> NBA ballers, the wrestling show that everybody wants to be like, Oh, it's like Def Jam Vendetta. No, 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 no. See that that's a, uh, it's blitz the league, the wrestling show. <laughs> It's that that's what I that's what I'm trying to strive for. That's what I want out of all this. The, everybody else wants to be. Oh, it's like a, it's it's like a. I know I talked about Final Fantasy the last time I was on here, but nah, I want to be the the flashy triple A, uh, street inspired uh, sports game of the wrestling world. Everybody, you can have whatever else you want. You know what I'm saying, Billy? You can have Crazy Tactics. You beat me to it uh hood slam beat me to doing jet set uh jet set wrestling you know what i'm saying can't do those you know what i'm saying but no one no one is gonna get the nba ballers before i do and that's a fat jack (laughs) (laughs) i i love it honestly i do last question for you um i know we were talking before we we hit record here you showed me um your your copy of the the sonic uh i i always butcher the name of the of the sonic encyclopedia. sonic encyclopedia that's it god i don't i don't know why i don't have that just like <laughs> committed to memory by now but obviously you are a big big sonic fan um how do you feel like how do you feel like your level of sonic fandom compares to say killian mcmurphy I mean, I think he has me beat, honestly. I think there, I, honestly, I think he has me beat to answer the question because that he, he's, he's a, I, I have yet to come out to uh, a Sonic theme with words. I have come out to a Sonic theme before to start a show. <laughs> Uh, but I've never come out as a Sonic theme with words. I I think that would be even like it's not cringe. That's not the word, but to, for lack of a better word, it's even too cringe for me. But that I couldn't do that. He comes out to the theme from Shadow the Hedgehog. Yes, and it works. <laughs> uh, it's 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 insane. The first time I heard it, this guy is nuts. And I know that uh, Jaden from the Pacific Northwest comes out to City Escape from Sonic Adventure too. Yes, he does. Uh, I know that Blake Christian. Little known fact, because now a whole lot of people haven't played it. He came out to for a long time uh, the theme from Infinite from Sonic Forces, and oh, Chase was telling me somebody last like the weekend before last came out to a Sonic song. I don't remember who it was, and it, it's gonna bug me. But instead of debating who's a better fan, what we need to do is join forces. You know what I'm saying? There needs to be the giant Sonic fan wrestling meetup i don't know what all that entails but entail entails happens uh-huh. uh but <laughs> um i think that there is a there is a missed opportunity if you don't get me killian mcmurphy Jaden the unbelievable maybe big game Leroy. i don't know how big of a sonic fan he is uh a bunch of other sonic fans and we all get us all in the same room and we do something wrestling related. I don't know what it is, 
It may be some Survivor Series and we get a bunch of Mario fans on the other side. Uh, it may be it may be a, a Fatal 4-Way and the winner gets the Chaos Emeralds. I don't know. All I know is that it needs to happen and I need to be there. <laughs> I am fully on board with this idea. Honestly, it just sounds too good. Sounds too good. I like all I tell are true stories. You know what I'm saying? So, exactly. I, I, I've never, I've, I, all I know is that I need to be there. It doesn't matter what all happens. I just need to be there. <laughs> well, J Rose, this has been fun as always having you back on the show. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat all about. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. Anytime, anytime. Let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can uh, grab tickets for April 30th. So you can find me on basically any social media account, specifically Twitter and Instagram at this is J Rose. If you find somebody who's me, but they don't use the at this is J Rose news alert. It's not me. Um, you can find more information on the Naptown All Pro doubleheader at naptownallpro.com or follow us on social media, specifically on Instagram, because we really need more Instagram followers at Naptown All Pro. Uh, the event is April, Saturday, April 30th. Uh, two shows in one day. The first show, Wake Up, uh, doors are at one, start at two. Uh, marquee matchups off the top of my head. I should probably know this off the top of my head because I'm the one booking it. Uh, we have Hometown Girl, East Sider, Alice Carly taking on S4TB Vegas's Sandra Moon. We have uh, the Triangle Contingency Triple Threats where the people who win those matches, all three of those matches, go on to make a trios team in the evening show uh, to face the high-flying star machines of Bojack, BK Westbrook, and Diego Hill, mostly of uh, PWF uh, North Carolina and Deadlock Pro fame. Uh, we have uh, my best friend in the whole world, Sean Camp, teaming with uh, Lazarus of S4TB fame. Since both of their tag team partners are kind of beefing right now, they're going to squash the beef and they're going to team up and take on the delinquents of Josh Fuller and Mikey Banker. Uh, we have uh, uh, Billy Starks getting challenged by one D Rogue for uh what they feel is a slight for not getting invited to the big stark spring tournament which is actually happening this saturday free plug pay me mouse uh d rogue is also double dipping and also taking place in a triangle contingency match so if all goes to as all goes to fruition d rogue may wrestle three times throughout the course of the day mm. uh, maybe even more he may sneak his way onto another into another match who knows not me i should i'm the booker but who knows uh <laughs> and in our what is more than likely going to be the main event of the afternoon, we have Adriel Noctis taking on Chase Holiday. If Chase wins, he finally gets a shot at the Grap House world title. Uh, Chase has beaten all other members of S4TB. He has demolished Jody. He has defeated Sandra, and he has defeated Last. And there's one more simp left. And I can tell you, if there was any show that was going to break the no cursing rule on the morning, this is probably going to be the one. Uh, <laughs> and then on the evening, we have the High Flying Star Machines taking on the Triangle Contingency winners. We have, uh, man, I my brain just went blank. We, <laughs> uh, we have, uh, but, 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 you know, let me just pull it up. Let me just pull it up instead of trying to guess. I have, <laughs> no, right I, I have it in front of me right now, actually. I can just give you some some names. So you got Isaiah. Uh, we have a, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, no, uh, we have Don't Die Miles taking on Jet Jagori. Jet says water sucks. I don't know what his deal is. <laughs> we, have, uh, <laughs> we have Chris and Dino from the uh, DMV, uh, DMV area taking on uh, Bradley Prescott, the fourth, two of the most brilliant people I've ever met in wrestling. I have zero idea what to expect from this, and which is, this is going to be crazy considering the other names that are on the card. This is probably going to be the best match of the show, bar none. And this is no disrespect to anybody else. I just know these two crazy, crazy, crazy individuals, and they're going to do some stuff that I've never seen before. Maybe not even athletic, just outside the box sort of wrestling. We have uh, – uh, Chase Holiday taking on Brian Keith. Chase is double dipping. Uh, he's both taking on age and he's also taking on uh, Brian Keith. Brian Keith making his Indiana wrestling debut. He is somebody who have, I've known of since uh, early 2020. And I've tried for the past two years, almost three years to try and get him into the Indiana wrestling scene. I'm, I'm glad I'm finally able to accomplish that. Uh, we have Isaiah Broner taking on, well, he's supposed to take on the Hoodfoot, but the Hoodfoot has prior obligations that he needs to take care of. Uh, more power to him, that son of a bitch. But his handpicked opponent, this is a shoot, not a joke. This isn't like, oh, I'm just saying this for like the to put the match over. No joke, no bits, no cap. Uh, his handpicked opponent for Broner, and it has been a co-sign by Calvin Tankman himself, is Jody himself. Uh, if you've ever seen a Mike Awesome match where he faced somebody who's far smaller than him, I'm, I don't know what else is going to happen in that match, but if I were a betting man, that's what would happen. And finally, and what is probably going to be the main event of the evening, we have Myron Reed taking on Calvin Tankman, two men who have uh, very important to the Indianapolis wrestling scene, two people who I've uh, come up with, two people who I literally said I would not run the show if they didn't wrestle each other. So um, uh, very excited for that one. Both of them hold gold right now in Major League Wrestling both making a name for themselves and uh very excited to see uh what all what all two people i consider my brothers my big brothers in wrestling what all they uh come up with and uh i don't it's not gonna be a scoop by the time that this podcast release unless you're releasing it immediately like today but uh, <laughs> a scoop for you uh, uh we are also going to have a and let me let me make sure i say it correctly the uh insert your brand here traditional indianapolis night four scramble royale featuring adam slade uh growing up in indianapolis wrestling there was one thing that was always certain is that was running a scramble match so uh not only are we running a scramble match full of shenanigans with people who i don't even know who's going to be in it right now that is a shoot <laughs> uh <laughs> but we are running a scramble royale which is a uh scramble match but with battle uh with royal rumble-esque uh entrances so I have literally have no idea what to expect. The last big scramble match that I ran in the city of Indianapolis was the one at the Paradigm Show in the Collective. And uh, a certain somebody busted their head open. Uh, Juicy for now tried to do a moonsault. It was really, it was really cracked. So uh, <laughs> those are the cards. More, more information at naptownallpro.com. If you would like to sponsor the event, Please hit us up on our DMs at Naptown All Pro. We are very flexible on price. Uh, there's going to be tons of exposure. It's going to go up on some sort of streaming service. So uh, it would be very beneficial for your brand. If you have a community organization, whether it be in Indianapolis or if you have like a branch in Indianapolis that you think would be beneficial to talking to young, black, brown, and queer uh, kids and young adults, uh, please 
either hit me up at this is J Rose or at Naptown All Pro. We are looking for any community organization that you think would help. Or if you're a vendor who would like to sell your wares, please let me know. We are very flexible. If you are a community organization, the table is straight up free, straight up. Like I'm saying that publicly. The table is free. All you got to do is show up. Uh, if you're a vendor, we're very flexible on price within budget, things of that regard. So please hit me up on that. Uh, support St. Louis Anarchy, support Black Label Pro, support Tiger Driver 9X, the hardest motherfuckers on the planet. Um, and uh, tell somebody you love them. You know what I'm saying? Life's too short to not love somebody. Find somebody to love. Go touch some grass. Go outside. Uh, treat yourself to a snack or something you deserve it you've been working hard you know what i'm saying even if you haven't been working hard that means you're still breathing that means you're doing something right go ahead and treat yourself you deserve it that's all i, I got i feel like you're speaking directly to me right now so <laughs> if the shoe fits my sibling if the shoe fits you got it go ahead and treat yourself you listen to me ramble for <laughs> for god knows how long so you should you should treat yourself it's never rambling whenever it's a valuable and, and deeply held conversation in this way. So J Rose, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. My thanks once again to J Rose for taking the time to sit down and, and chat with me all about Naptown all pro and uh, couldn't pass up the chance to talk Crazy Taxi and Jet Set Radio. Make sure to keep your eye on uh, Naptown All Pro, of course, on Twitter at Naptown All Pro. Um, as this promotion gets up and running, we start to see it start to hit the ground running, hopefully, uh, up there in Indianapolis. And, you know, I'm sure there is information there for tickets as well as the sponsor ticket uh, program that they're doing there. Uh, so, if you're in the area, April 30th, it's it's right there. If not, crossing fingers for that streaming uh, <laughs> for that streaming option to come. Um, either way, always great to sit down and talk to J Rose. Always great to have all of you here listening and enjoying as well. But that is going to end our time for this week. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of the show. Uh, but until then, y'all stay messy. Wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaxxed and boosted if at all possible. And let me know if you'd be interested in some LGBT in the ring merchandise, perhaps. Bye!